What's up, everybody? What's going on in the internet wrestling community and all over the world wide web? It is me. It is me, the big old Stevie C, Steve Castellanovo, kicking it with you on another edition of the Heal and Face podcast, a podcast dedicated to news, information, and commentary on the world of professional wrestling. And of course, it is brought to you by the fine folks at Heel Turn Wrestling. And, uh, let me say, um, not too much in the wrestling world right now. We've got everyone gearing up for the third biggest of the big four pay-per-views, or I'm sorry, premium live events from the WWE. My personal favorite, or one of my favorites, the Royal Rumble, actually for me, I know the hierarchy in WWE goes WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Royal Rumble, Survivor Series. But for me personally, uh, the Royal Rumble has a place in my heart for lots of reasons. Uh, one, it's closer to my birthday. Two, it kind of got its start uh, or really started picking up steam. Uh, near my neck of the woods in Cleveland, Ohio, or at least where I used to live. And uh, three, it's just something about it. Like, it was vastly different, and it's 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 a fun way to uh, mark out uh, when you see some wrestlers that you don't expect to be there, and it's a little more unpredictable than much of what WWE programs, and I know. What you're going to say. Of course, it's predictable. It's WWE. Yes, I understand that. But they do try to get the fans to think a little bit. They do try to keep the fans on their toes with the Royal Rumble and all those picks and stuff. And I will talk about that next week before the Royal Rumble starts. We'll talk about my picks and predictions and where people should fall and all that. We'll get to that next week if you're still tuning in, which I know you will because you... Enjoy me and the show so, so very much. And I do appreciate if you do enjoy the show because uh, the audience is growing in leaps and bounds. And it's all because of you guys liking what I have to say, liking my opinions, liking my takes on wrestling. I try not to have the exact same take that everyone else has. I know it's very unique and rare, especially in this world of podcasting, but I try to do the best that I can with what I got, and I know that some of the things that happen in professional wrestling, I don't necessarily agree with most of the fans, most of the people out there, including the internet wrestling community. As you know, I have a healthy disdain for many of the people in the internet wrestling community for a lot of good reasons, which I could go on about a little bit today. I could do a little bit more of a rant because, again, not much as far as what I've observed this weekend, but more, of course, the news seems to take over what's going on in pro wrestling. So I have some time. I have a minute, and I'll speak on it maybe towards the end of the show if I feel like it. But anyway, thank you for joining me again, brought to you by Heel Turn Wrestling. And if you want to go to Heel Turn Wrestling, all you have to do is just do what the crawl says. 
Just go to Heel Turn Wrestling 316. That's HD Wrestling 316 on Facebook and like and share the show. We still love Facebook. Facebook is our main dealie right now, and we just love posting there, uh, cultivating that relationship with, most importantly, you, the fans. But the partnership with Facebook still stands pretty firm. And speaking of Facebook, you can also check out my show. Keep checking out my show, please. I know you're here now, and I love it, and I think it's great. And I never take you guys for granted. So I do appreciate you being everywhere I am. And even if you're not on Facebook, you can still find me on all my other social media accounts, including Locals, Minds, and other different places around the web. Of course, you can get at me at Heal and Face Pod on Twitter because... I'm a little meaner on Twitter than I am normally, and that's something that I'm personally working on. I know it's tough, uh, but when you're a keyboard warrior, sometimes your opinions and your ideas and, and the things that you say get the best of you. So I'm, I'm trying to fix that. At the same time, too, I don't mind pointing out hypocrisy, which usually comes from the internet wrestling community. Either way, you can join me there, or if you're not able to watch the show for whatever reason, and I get it, then you can definitely enjoy the podcast on all your favorite podcast streaming platforms. Just type in Heal and Face Podcast and you'll be there. Just type in Heal and Face Podcast and you'll be there. Okay. All right. Now that's out of the way. Let's get to it, shall we? Let's talk. Um, it's never easy. And it is never fun to talk in terms of people this way. And it just seems like, especially last year, 2022, there was just a stretch of tragedy that's befallen the professional wrestling community. And unfortunately, this week was no different as Ring of Honor star and legend Jay Briscoe has indeed passed away. He was 38. It was a crazy turn of events. It just was shocking, just literally out of nowhere. The facts as they are remain that Jay Briscoe, real name Jamin Pugh, was traveling to take his daughters to cheerleading practice. And unfortunately, another driver uh, collided head on with his car uh, shortly after 5 p.m on I believe it was January 17th, January 18th. And this person, apparently the driver, they have identified her. Apparently she swerved over for some unknown reason into the opposite lane as it always happens. 
and basically hit Jay head on, killing him instantly. Well, actually, not instantly. Um, the the family reported that Jay was awake and conscious even at the hospital. But uh, his two daughters were in the car as well. They were both wearing seatbelts. Uh, however, they still required uh, intense medical attention. Um, his one daughter, I believe her name is Grace, just came out of... Um, the, her bed and she has been uh, feeling in her lower extremities and she is able to transfer herself from her bed to her wheelchair with help of course back and forth while her uh, sister JJ was is, is now being uh, having her feeding tube removed so she can begin to eat solid food which both, those are both extremely positive signs, seeing as how horrendous the, the crash was. But unfortunately, uh, Jay Briscoe did not survive the collision. They're not 100% sure why the driver lost control and entered the opposite incoming traffic. But that is the facts that we have at this time. So, first of all, life is short and you cannot take one single solitary second for granted. Two, Jay Briscoe was doing the thing that he loved the most, which was being dad. And as I'm about to discuss with you, the multitude of love and well wishes and respect toward Jay's wife and his family and to Mark from the entire wrestling community is so great and effusive that, you know, obviously he was trending in social media, but everyone who who tweeted, even people who didn't know him, uh, threw up prayers and offerings to whomever they believe in on Jay's behalf. And those who know him spoke in volumes about how much he was a nice guy, tender-hearted he was, how he was definitely not the guy who they battled against in the ring. Last night on SmackDown, War Machine wore We Them Boys armbands in honor of Jay Briscoe. Now that Vince isn't there, uh, Michael Cole can say practically whatever he wants, so he did give a nice little tribute shout-out to Jay Briscoe. Kevin Owens last night wore a J armband. So he touched so many lives as a human being. All accounts, he was one of the nicest guys in the locker room. All accounts, he was very helpful to the young guys coming up. Bright guy for the business. He's going to be severely lost and severely missed by the wrestling community. The only thing I personally have about Jay Briscoe was uh, when I was going to a Ring of Honor show here about 15 years or so in Columbus when they first started marketing to Columbus. It took Ring of Honor forever to market to Columbus, but that's beside the point. 
And it was them versus, I don't know, I think it was the boys, you know, Dalton Castle's group. Uh, who, who knows? I don't remember who the opponent exactly was. But it was a disgustingly hot day at the uh, Ohio State Fairgrounds, if I'm not mistaken. And my buddy and I, who I'm trying, by the way, to get to be a co-host of the show. He just never shows up. Uh, but uh, my buddy and I are sitting there, and Jay is sweating. And he says, hey, man, it's hot. I'm sweating my blanking blanks off. Again, I try to keep this a family-friendly show. And so I said to Jay, drink some of that water. And he said, uh-uh, that water hot in his Delaware accent. That's my only interaction with Jay Briscoe ever in my life. I always remember that. It was good for a laugh, which is the kind of guy apparently Jay was. He was always good for a laugh, always good for a word of encouragement. The kindest, nicest guy that you would meet. A lot of people were very, very uh, hurt and upset and uh, deeply saddened by his passing. There'll be another Jay Briscoe. There'll never, ever be another Jay Briscoe. He is uh, one of the last true professional wrestlers, I think. And interestingly enough, he and Mark were pretty much self-taught. I don't want to say completely but they were rather green when they started getting booked at Ring of Honor. Uh, they were raw, but they looked like they knew what they were doing. Uh, even in high school, they built the ring, and they would just tape themselves. They'd record themselves doing a bunch of moves and saying, no, that's not right. We're not doing that. We're doing this. So they were pretty good for being self-taught. Uh, they did get some refinement later on, especially working with Ring of Honor. But uh, I think, unfortunately, in this kind of era of wrestling, that's become more performative. That's become more like art and less like a competition. I think the J is one of the last actual pro wrestlers left that we have. Guys who took the business seriously who just are scary and, and butt kickers and were completely 100% real. There wasn't anything fake about the Briscoes. wasn't fake about Jay Briscoe in particular. And again, I hate to do this necessarily because I don't really get fired up about this at the times that I do. But we're going to go ahead, and I haven't done this in a while, and unfortunately, usually it's when they've passed away. But I'm going to go ahead and name Jay Briscoe the Superstar of the Week. There we go. Superstar of the Week, Jay Briscoe, for his accomplishments in professional wrestling. Let me just get it out of the way first before uh, people want to, as Drake would say, talk all this and all that. I do want to say that... For those of you who think it's a little disingenuous of the WWE or other places to um, worship or mention Jay Briscoe, let me just say, like 
what happened the week previous or whatever with uh, Don West or other people in professional wrestling, it's still a community. People still know each other. It's still part of one big, I don't want to say family, but family. It's a very tight-knit profession. It's the last apprenticeship, although the WWE is changing that. It's the last full apprenticeship in the world. You can't go to college to learn to be a pro wrestler. You have to basically seek it out. You basically have to go to somebody and say, I want to do this. In the olden days, if you wanted to be a blacksmith, you had to go up to the blacksmith and say, I want to train under you. If you wanted to be a jeweler, if you wanted to be a an accountant, if you wanted to be whatever, you had to go and train underneath that person. The last real apprenticeship is professional wrestling. It is more like a tradition that gets passed down from generation to generation. And even though the WWE is trying to fix that, it's the one place that you can go and still know a bunch of people because it's a very tightly closed fraternity and sorority for people. So you get to know who's in it and who's legit and who's not. And Jay Briscoe is a legit dude and everybody loved him. So it doesn't make sense for WWE not to recognize them. And it's not just because Vince isn't at the helm. I think it's very important for other people to be able to process and say, oh, well, he's somebody who really had an impact on the world of professional wrestling when he was here. We should talk about him. We should mention him. We should honor him. Certainly, WWE is doing just as much for Jay Briscoe as uh, Tony Khan and Ring of Honor did, but I digress. I'll get to that in a minute. Now, the WWE is not without criticism on this, too. They had multiple times that they could have signed the Briscoes, if nothing else, for a one-off for the Dusty Cup, just to recognize them as, as a tag team. Uh, the iron uh, should have been struck while it was hot when they were uh, NWA, no, I'm sorry, not NWA, when they're IWGP tag champs or something like that. If the Briscoes were holding a belt that was not in conflict with AEW, WWE should have snatched them up at least for a uh, special attraction. Now, of course, the big rumor was they did have the Performance Center tryout years ago, and they were deemed especially uh, Mark too aesthetically displeasing. And, uh, of course, Jay cuts the huge promo on that. So, yeah, if you do want to say the WWE is a little disingenuous by them talking about Jay Briscoe, I mean, I guess maybe you could make part of your point there. You know, WWE misses on a lot of people. They miss on a ton of people. And then some of the people that they gain are misses and are released forthwith. I'm sure there was talks. There was always talks for the Briscoes to come by. I know WWE is going with the youth movement. They wouldn't necessarily have brought Jay and Mark. They were both inching toward 40. 
although they're best looking 40 year old wrestlers I've ever seen, but um, they were approaching 40. Their style is a little wild, which you need that, right? I think what could have been on the horizon for a Briscoe's open door to the WWE actually was closed by the unfortunate set of tweets, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But all in all, yeah, you could say WWE fumbled the bag on that. They should have at least given Jay and Mark Briscoe some type of recognition. But instead, uh, they decided not to go with the Briscoes. And that's the decision they made. I don't really un agree with it. But, you know, again, does the WWE want to be associated with somebody who had the negative tweets in this day and age? which, you know, it's very frustrating and aggravating, but it is what it is. It's cancel culture, and people will find a reason, which actually became worse for AEW handling it even more terribly. So I think kind of the opposite should have been true. While the WWE stayed away from, stayed away from the Briscoes because of Jay's controversial tweets, I think Tony Khan should have taken the reins, the horn, uh, the the horse by the reins, and said, "Hey, look, guys, we're gonna have a tribute to Jay Briscoe, whether Warner Brothers likes it or not. The one time he should have stood up to Warner Brothers should have been this time. Uh, it was a very confusing tribute. Nobody really knew when it was gonna be or where it was gonna be. Uh, Tony Khan had to tweet and say that." The tribute was going to be on Ring of Honor, Honor Club Live, but it was also going to be here and here. And and basically what happened was a Jay Briscoe tribute, which should have been on AEW television, was relegated to Ring of Honor television, uh, something that people don't watch. I mean, let's face it. I understand that Tony's trying to make Ring of Honor TV cheap and accessible to people, which is very admirable, but someone who has such an impact on professional wrestling should not be relegated to a show that no one watches. And if Warner Brothers was that worried about showing uh, Jay Briscoe, images of Jay Briscoe, and if they were so worried about having the Briscoes on TV because of their tweets... I mean, maybe they should look at the NBA players who are constantly violating uh, Facebook, Twitter, and other media outlets or offending somebody. Um, you know, maybe they should worry about some of the other content that they have on their channel that's offensive to people before they t deny someone who said something sideways 10 years ago on Twitter. So I feel like the Ring of Honor tribute to Jay was a little bit of disrespect. I feel like it should have been on the main show, even though, again, Tony Khan was af too afraid to feature the Briscoes for any reason. And let's not, by the way, while the picture flashes by, 
on the montage of the live show. Let's not kid ourselves. Part of the reason why the Briscoes were buried in AEW and Ring of Honor has to do with the Young Bucks. Has to do with the Young Bucks not liking them, the Young Bucks not wanting to be shown up, the Young Bucks not wanting to be the focus as the best tag team. You know, that's FTR's same uh, problem they had, which was FTR and the Briscoes are the two best tag teams in the entire company, but because of the Young Bucks' ego, they were either buried or not featured at all. That being said, sorry for that rant, but let's actually go to the facts about Jay Briscoe, shall we? And we know he's the 13 time. The 13 time, which is huge. Um, but let's go over some of his other accolades as well. Different places that he and his brother uh, Mark have won the tag belts. I mean, the list looks like Jericho's list at this point. Two-time CCW champion. Uh, full Impact Pro, Extreme Rising. Three-time Game Changer Wrestling Champion. So that's kind of cool. One-time Impact Champion. They won the Crockett Cup, the NWA. The only place, the only place where they should have won the tag belts, at the only company that cares about tag team wrestling, the NWA. They should have at least won it there once. But no, they just won the Crockett Cup. Uh, they were New Japan champs at one point. They were the... Uh, GHC Junior Heavyweight Tag Champs, one point. But not just in his tag team competition. We all knew that Jay was also the standout for the singles competition push. And although uh, Mark isn't entertaining in and of himself as a single wrestler, you know, the, they provided such a yin and yang for each other. You know, Mark, half his gimmick, his gimmick, half crazy, a little slow, but ready to throw down. And uh, Jay is kind of the mental driving force behind the Briscoes team. But, you know, in reality, we all know that Mark uh, had all those tools as well. But it just seems like Jay was the standout. Jay was the guy who uh, could be trusted and, and ran with the belt. And he had a really nice little title run, too. Uh, as far as Ring of Honor champ, he won it twice uh, when he did it in 2013. That was a very nice run for him. Going back and forth, I believe it was with Jay Lethal quite a few times. Uh, so, good stuff. Uh, he definitely maximized the credibility and the legitimacy of the Ring of Honor championship by having it twice. And I know it was kind of a rough time for Ring of Honor in the sense that all the talent had been gone at that point. And, you know, they were going through some transitional things. They may have even started the process of selling the company or putting things together to be able to sell the company. And uh, Jay was there to carry the Federation on his back, and he did it with a plum. Was it a career that could have been and never was? Could he have achieved higher status by going to the WWE? Of course. 
Um, they would have been multiple tag team champions uh, fighting the Usos right now. But things are what they are, and they fall the way they do, and we can't question why. We just we just have to say kind of what could have been and just kind of keep Jay Briscoe in your heart and in your mind, keep his family in mind. You can go online to look up his, I believe he's got, there's a GoFundMe account that's been made. Uh, their goal was reaching 50000 there or uh, 200000 They're already uh, 75000 past that, and they're still accepting monetary donations. Uh, that will be added to the hospitalization of the girls and any other costs would uh, accrue based off the passing of Jay Briscoe. But one of the realest dudes left in professional wrestling, I'm going to go and say it, the one of the greatest, if not the greatest tag team wrestler of all time, the legend Jay Briscoe passing away at 38. Well, the only other real news story tonight, which, or today I should say, which is still this kind of ongoing, depending on your uh, perspective, this picking on another human being or bully or whatever perceived versus what's actually happening going on out there. It's literally insane. Speaking of Tony Khan, just recently, and this is rare because it's rare that the WWE allows this to happen, and it's also rare that you hear so much from people who are so high up in this company, but Bill Simmons had a guest on the Bill Simmons podcast this week, and Bill... Bill's a nice guy. Bill's a good journalist, obviously. Um, he, in this era of new media, has struck it out alone. He was a longtime writer for Sports Illustrated, a longtime contributor to ESPN. Uh, he is known for his basketball and golf takes, but he's also known for kind of that cozy, comfy, 50-year-old... Uh, I'm going to listen to the podcast uh, on my way to the golf course type crowd. So it's kind of rare that he would also interview this person. But at the same time, too, Bill Simmons tries to book the big, big names because, again, it's Bill Simmons. He's got a name that's recognized in sports. So... If you're that big, you should be booking big guests. Well, second time this year, I think, that Nick Khan has actually opened up about his involvement in the WWE. And Nick Khan was interviewed by Bill Simmons about a multitude of different ideas and things going on, like the possible return of The Rock or the business ventures going forward. Uh, what he can say about the possible, and of course he can't say anything, but the, the possible sale of WWE, he can talk about that. But the most thing that everyone focused on is his 
mention or not mention or I don't know how you even want to really frame it of Tony Khan on the podcast. And Nick Khan basically did what most business people do, which I don't understand why people in general in the IWC in specific can't understand this. But the comments that he made are were very vague, and that's what business people do. Business people be businessing, right? Business people don't show their hands. They don't talk about everything. And it's kind of a greater philosophy about life, but I'll get to that uh, in a moment. Nick Khan went on Bill Simmons' podcast to discuss the state of WWE, where he thinks the company is going, etc., etc. And then he um, discussed Tony Khan and AEW, the competition. So Bill asks him about what his thoughts about Shad Khan are. And, you know, Nick said that he had met Shad Khan in other circles, not necessarily entertainment circles, but. He had met Shad Khan before and you know, said he was extremely bright and extremely smart. He was effusive about Shad and how he came up with uh, his billions and how much he's worth and what a astute businessman he was and how kind and nice Shad Khan is. But when talking about his son, Tony, the current AEW president, CEO, and quote-unquote, head booker of the year, he didn't really say much. He basically said, I've only met him once. He seems like he's a really nice guy. And that was pretty much it. And of course, everyone in the internet wrestling community and all over the world want to turn this into a sneak diss, right? There was nothing that Tony Khan, Nick Khan said about Tony Khan that was as egregious as many people want to try to put it. I mean, he's just basically factual. And then when Bill kind of pressed him about, you know, talking about the competition and how Nick Khan earlier in the podcast apparently made some uh, comments about how to deal with competition, you know, Nick Khan was very frank and he said, I don't strive to improve my business by worrying about what other people are doing. He basically said, I only worry about what I can do, what I can control, and what I am about, and I just let the other competition uh, do what they do, and we'll see who's right and who's, who's wrong. So this is where I go crazy, because I don't know many people in the IWC or people who hate hate, 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 hate the WWE and Tony Khan, or I'm sorry, Nick Khan and Vince McMahon are already have gone to the sneak diss slash soft burial of TK. This defensiveness is getting a tad bit out of control. Business people do not disclose business out in the open. It's not their nature. Of course, it has to influence with the stock. It has influence with how other companies are going to react, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. That's all legit reasons why businessmen do not discuss business in that fashion. But let's be honest. 
despite some of you thinking it's a sneak dish, despite some of you thinking that he's just throwing Tony Khan under the bus or whatever, let's just face facts. Nick Khan is only concerned about Nick Khan. He even said it in the interview. He said, the only Nick, the only Khan I'm worried about is Nick Khan. The only job I'm worried about is the job I'm doing. That's how business people think. There's no rivalry. There's no belittling. There's no patronizing Tony Khan. There's no putting him in his place. It's how business people think. Ted Turner wanted to put Vince McMahon out of business, even called him and said he was going to do it. Guess what? WCW was sold to Vince McMahon after 16 years. Business people don't think that way. They don't, they don't look for revenge. They don't look for vengeance. They don't look to necessarily get back. At, now, yes, okay, I know. You can go ahead and post, and I appreciate if you do. You can go ahead and post, you know, things that were obvious, like Thomas Edison uh, secretly, or not secretly, but openly sabotaging Nikola Tesla. We have stories about that. We have stories about inter- brand sabotage between Pepsi and Coca-Cola. Yes, I understand. That stuff goes on. I'm not naive. But generally speaking, in the world, I don't think business people care much about the competition other than beating the competition with a better product. So when Tony Khan, Nick Khan says, I'm really not, I really don't know a whole lot about Tony Khan, he's being nice. If you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. And that's what Nick Khan did. He said something nice about Tony, and he was honest. I don't think he knows him. Honestly, I don't think he knows or cares. I mean, he knows who he is by virtue of meeting Shad. He has a, I wouldn't say a relationship with Shad, but he definitely is on speaking terms with Shad. We all know that Shot is the uh, unlimited platinum card for AEW and Ring of Honor. We get that. We totally get that. But stop reading into Nick Khan's burying Tony. Stop reading into this of uh, disrespect of another guy. Nick Khan is pulling a Thanos. I don't even know who you are. And as significant as Thanos, who was in full possession of the Infinity Stones and had the mind and the Soul Stone and would have been able to detect and easily figure out who the Scarlet Witch was, the fact that he said, I don't even know who you are, tells you a lot about how Thanos was single-minded in his vision of what he wanted to accomplish. And Nick Khan is the same way. He's single-minded in his focus. He has but one thing to, actually two, but he has two, he has two things that his job requires him at this moment. One, completely smooth out the eventual sale of the WWE to a buying entity. Or two, and two, Make sure that the company is viable in and of itself.
Those are his only two jobs. To procure the sale and to make sure things run smoothly. That's it. That's it. He's not up late Friday nights in his jammies in a bowl of popcorn hitting uh, rewind or hitting record on YouTube TV so he can watch Rampage Elevated or whatever it's called. He's not concerned. He's not scouring the dirt sheets, or at least, again, not that I know. He's not scouring the dirt sheets looking for somebody uh, to talk bad about or one slip up or to see if maybe um, Uncle Dave inadvertently um, makes some comment that he could use to manipulate against AEW. No. He's got better things to do than run down Tony Khan. So stop taking offense. Don't take offense up for Tony Khan, especially because you don't know him. Most of the people who defend, I, I just, I don't understand. I don't understand. Like even, and I agree with a lot of, say, an Elon Musk. I'm applauding his efforts at Twitter. Uh, but by me applauding his efforts, it is seen by other people including friends of mine, as bro-worship. You should never worship a dude. Never worship anybody. Don't want to get too religious, but, you know, as a devout Catholic, there's only one person that I worship. And uh, Elon Musk, Nick Khan, they ain't him. They definitely ain't him. I just don't understand people worshiping someone that they'll never see or hating, by the way, because the reverse is true. Why do you hate someone so much that you'll never meet? Even as fired up as I get about certain politicians, you know, I'll never meet them. They'll never really have that much of an impact. So why should I talk about them so much? It's the same is true with people on the Internet who try to defend Tony Khan every once in a while. Same with Nick Khan, by the way. I'll never meet Nick Khan. Not in a million years. Won't even care. All I want him to do is continue to progress the WWE to where it needs to go. And if it does eventually sail, hopefully my stocks that I have in the company will uh, reflect it positively. And it'll be out of the McMahon's hands. And it might be corporate and Disney-fied. But at least... It will be, uh, it'll still exist in some certain way. And if I want to see wrestling that's not like WWE, I can always go to an independent show. That's what my only thing that I'm concerned about Nick Khan doing. And Nick Khan seems like he's only doing that. I don't know where this internet hate is coming from as far as, oh, he's dissing Tony Khan, whatever. Uh, I don't see it. I don't get it, and I don't see it. All right, well, I guess I've ranted long enough. It's going to be kind of a short show today. As I said, I did not get the opportunity to uh, talk significantly about any wrestling. I know I said I was going to get back on track with MLW, and they've got some things brewing up that's pretty exciting. Of course, everyone is announcing their cards in Los Angeles, including Ring of Honor, is uh, I already announced Supercard of Honor 
speaking of Ring of Honor and Nick Khan, Tony Khan, whatever, uh, that actually looks to be a pretty decent show, despite the fact it's Tony Khan. I know scheduled to appear Claudio Castagnoli, uh, Dalton Castle looked like he was on the poster, uh, and hopefully they'll have a more proper tribute to Jay Briscoe than just putting him on shows that nobody watches. It might even be worth it to get Supercard of Honor, even though I don't want to give Tony Khan necessarily uh, any of the money. But that is what that is, and hopefully if you enjoy that sort of thing, that's that's what you that's what you like. So that's coming up. Everybody else is shaping up their cards, their wrestling promotions right around the March 31st, April 1st time, just right in time for WrestleMania, so check your listings. Next week, I will have a more in-depth look at my predictions for the Royal Rumble. Should be a blast. Uh, just some quick hits before I go that I didn't put up on the crawl. By the way, read the crawl, too, while I'm talking. Um, another little news item that swept under the rug is that apparently uh, Matt Cardona has refiled for his rights to use the name Zack Ryder, which is interesting because if anybody, the WWE should have done it. I don't know if it's a deal where Matt doesn't want to go by Zack Ryder anymore, so he bought it so the WWE couldn't use it. Maybe he's making a deal with WWE to be able to get paid on that name or at least strike a deal between them about the name. I fully predicted that Matt Cardona was going to show up as Matt Cardona and not Zack Ryder and troll everyone in the audience by starting his music and doing the record scratch you know, the, and then bring his new music. Uh, but Matt Cardona has filed for trademark rights to the name Zack Ryder. Also, speaking of uh, random dudes from the 2000 era of WWE, um, congratulations to Sean Spears and Cassie Lee for having their baby. Sean Spears posted pictures on Instagram and Facebook about it. And shout out, congrats to the proud papa and the proud couple. All right, well. Like I said, short show today. That's it for me, the big old Stevie C, Steve Castellanovo. Thanks for tuning in to the Heal and Face podcast, the podcast dedicated to news, information, and commentary on the world of professional wrestling, brought to you by Heal Turn Wrestling. I appreciate you being here. Thanks for being a, a part of the show. Love you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you for the Wrestle, uh, Royal Rumble preview next week. And as always... Peace.